Wave Troubleshooters John Bowl, Natalia Martinez, and Mark Stevens take you behind the investigation on Wave Now. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Troubleshooter podcast, Behind the Investigation. I'm with the awesome John Bowl. I'm Natalia Martinez, and today we're going to get to hear about one of your stories, John, that it makes me hold my breath whenever I watch him do this. 26 and Madison, awful neighborhood. Take it from there. Yeah, I got uh, a couple of complaints right around Christmas time about drug activity, which I get a lot of, obviously, if you've seen my work over the last 10, 15 years. And uh, so the very first email I got on this uh, was about rampant, blatant drug activity out in the streets there at 26th and Madison. Uh, and there's a big senior high rise at 26th and Madison that is also a police substation. And we'll get to that subplot here in just a moment. But That's one of my favorite parts, by the way. Yes. So, But I didn't know that uh, when I started this. So I started doing my surveillance and um, recording drug activity like most of my investigations are. But it was nothing really ridiculous like the emailer had complained. And then uh, over Christmas, I got another email about drug activity at 26th and Madison. Okay, so were they talking about a particular house or were they talking about the corner? They were talking about a particular house. Uh, And it was interesting because it was a house literally right next to a church Mm -hmm. uh, with a big stop the violence sign in the yard. Ironic. So, yes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So that's troubleshooter hotline. So... (laughs) So uh, it wasn't really profoundly horrible, uh, worthy of a story. But anyway, so I got another email around Christmas time, a couple weeks into this, by someone saying, you really need to look into the drug activity at 26th and Madison. And I, and I wrote back and I said, I did, and I, I've got some. And, it, and we went back and forth about where I was. I was on the east side of 26th and Madison on Madison. And this person said, no, 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 no. You need to go to the other side of 26th on Madison. So is this the same person that had reached out to you no, the first diff- time? No, different person. A different person, okay. So I swooped over, didn't know what I was doing, what I was looking for, had no specific address, pulled over and parked at just about 27th and Madison to look down. Okay. And I saw the most unbelievable drug activity I've ever seen in my whole life. And this People is coming, coming and going. from someone who sees this so I've been doing this for time, 10 or 15 right? years. I've seen probably as high as maybe 20 an hour, you know, maybe every three minutes. This was 40 plus an hour. This was busier than if you park at Costco or if you park at uh, Thornton's on a busy day. People coming and going, lining up uh, to go in. And I was kind of too close because I didn't know what I was looking for. So I, I backed off. And then in the ensuing days, I'm recording this, blown away by it. And I changed my angle one day because I was, I was the, there was a lookout posted on the corner, and he was kind of eyeing me down. So I uh, changed my position. I'm in a parking lot at the senior high-rise at 26th and Madison when I notice that I'm parked in a police, LMPD police <laughs> substation parking lot, LMPD sticker right on the window. All of this activity to the east and to the west of the 26th and Madison police substation was happening within eye shot. And oftentimes when the people would buy their drugs, they would come right down and fire up the crack pipes right across the street, like a long putt in golf from the police door. Okay. So the, when you say a police substation, is this somewhere where officers come in and out? Yeah. Of it was, it's- yeah it's, a, it's a lesser used. I have found out since a lesser used one. 
but I also found out uh, when I started calling around to my sources that this was widely known uh, that they, the, the police had, 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 had been hammered with complaints so much that they had a, a community meeting in the high-rise with the concerned residents because there were gunshots and people's windows blown out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they even walked the police department uh, reps up and down, including the major, up and down the street, showing them the drug houses. Mm-hmm. This was done a month or two before I was doing the surveillance, so nothing had happened. Right, so it's not a long period of time before Correct. the police were aware right. of you being they there. Were, they were fully aware of me being there. And uh, I think now is probably a good time to play the story. If you're, if you're listening uh, to this podcast, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to, uh, to get a conception of what I'm talking about. If you're watching it, uh, you'll be blown away. I'm John Bull with Wave News. Hey, don't jump over the fence. Hold on, hold on. Hi, I came here to ask you guys a couple of questions. What, what is every, sir, what is everybody coming here to buy? Why are people jumping fences or dashing to their cars to get away from us? The answer to that question starts with emails to me from two different neighbors claiming children can no longer play on the streets at 26th and Madison because of several crack houses right there with a window where others on crack are selling it, smoking it on porches, alleys, everywhere, and nothing is happening when the situation is taken through the proper channels. When I go undercover on Madison to the east side of 26th, I record people standing out in front of a church right next to a stop the crime sign, attending to a busy drive up lane of people pulling up, doing hand-to-hand transactions through the windows with a lookout watching, someone toting a gun, stuffing money into their pockets, dancing around because business is brisk. But when I start surveilling Madison just west of 26th, I immediately begin recording a level of activity I've never seen before in all my prior drug house investigations. A steady stream of people coming to the same house, spending a minute or two out of sight, then leaving. As many as 40 per hour, busier than a convenience store, because it appears to be convenient. Multiple people at a time, forming lines outside, passing others coming and going, Money ready when arriving, stuffing pockets when leaving. Something white occasionally seen in hand. All day, all night, on foot or in cars. A lookout is often posted in front of the house, eyeing up my vehicle several times. Many of them go down the street, portion out what they just got in the palm of their hands, then fire up what appears to be crack pipes. Doesn't matter if it's pouring rain or a brutally cold night and plenty of hand-to-hand transactions right there, too. If this house doesn't have what they're looking for, some then go across the street to a different house. This is literally going on right across the street from a police substation. In fact, I'm recording this parked in the LMPD substation parking lot. Which brings us to the question, how can this go on, round the clock, plainly visible from a police substation? This neighborhood right here has deteriorated beyond anybody's belief. A few months ago, Denise Bentley organized a meeting with police about the crime complaints pouring in about 26th and Madison. The stories were horrible. It's a shame that someone has to live in these conditions, pay rent, and have to deal with the crime. There was a shootout out here. One of the seniors had bullets come through their window. And when I talked to the major about it. She had two officers on duty that night and she was riding a beat herself. You're talking about a beat that goes from the park all the way through downtown. And until you're willing to get in the trenches, not run from the criminal elements, they're going to, you know, it's either going to stop or you're going to have to be a part of it. So I got in the trenches 
and someone else was running. Hi, I'm John Bull with Wave News. Hey, don't jump over the fence. Hold on, hold on. Hi, I came here to ask you guys a couple of questions. What, what is every, sir? What is everybody coming here to buy? Sir? Ma'am, what is everybody coming here to buy? I'm buying some weed, that's all I'm doing. You're just buying weed? Yeah. Nobody buys anything harder here? No, I'm just buying weed, baby. Who's running this place? As everyone scatters, including a guy wearing the same coat as the apparent lookout, I try to talk to the people inside. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a window. Excuse me. Hello? Okay. Oh, that's what it is. It's a window service. One of the people coming to the house turns around when she sees the TV crew. Uh -huh. Do you know why everybody's coming and going from here? No, I was just picking up somebody. What? You're just picking up somebody? Yeah. What, uh, are they selling drugs here? No, I'm not for sure. I was at the wrong house. I was at trying to look for somebody. Then a guy from inside the house tries to make a run for it out the back way. Hi, I'm John Bull with Wave. So there you go. So yeah, I discovered when I got around the house that what the deal was. They had an actual serve walk up serve window mm -hmm. that they would flip up. And just like McDonald's, and they all, except just you like get McDonald's. your drugs. Yes, have yes. it your way, I guess. Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, the police department um, did a detail there. Uh, they did not do an on-camera uh, interview with me. They, uh, mm -hmm. We tagged out the story when we, when we aired it that uh, they said that they were working on it and they were using advanced surveillance techniques mm -hmm. to you mean uh, You mean John Bull? <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean a John Bull troubleshooter investigation? Uh, well, they did something <laughs> similar because it was about five days later mm -hmm. uh, that we reported in a follow-up that uh, they did a detail and they busted a guy who listed an address as the home that uh, was the worst of the three there, mm -hmm. um, a guy named Taryn Moss, uh, and charged him. He had uh, two large baggies of heroin on him oh and, my a, gosh. and a lot of, lot of cash and two guns in the floorboard. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, they charged him with a convicted felon with a handgun. It was definitely not his first go around with drugs. So mm -hmm. the answer to the question, you know, what's going on there, heroin and guns. So what's happened now? Do you know if it's been cleaned up, if that arrest was even effective? Because we hear so much and we see it, right? right. Somebody gets arrested for drugs or uh, a convicted felon with a gun and then they're back out the he's, same day. He's still in on a $50,000 bond. Uh, the last time I checked, uh, I have not gone has back to look. Has he been bailed out yet? He has not been bailed out yet uh, by anybody. And I, I have uh, swooped around there a couple of times, and I really can't tell. So mm -hmm. uh, I've got no more complaints from the residents there. And I've checked LMPD crime tracker, and they mm -hmm. did make a couple of other cocaine possession, heroin possession arrests. So, so how long do you think this was going on before police actually became months, involved? Months, months, because it was uh, it had been going on months before the community meeting, mm -hmm. and it was going on months after that when I was taking a look. Now. Again, police didn't do an interview with me about it, but you heard Denise Bentley there say mm -hmm. that she talked to the major, and uh, on, on one particular night when they were talking about this place, the major only had two officers riding the beat, which runs yeah. from the river all the way downtown, and the major herself jumped in the car to patrol as mm -hmm. well. Right, they're so, so short And that's the manpower right thing, which you know 
much about. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of frustrating, right? Because you see these residents are reaching out, having meetings about it. They're calling the news so desperate for something to change. It, but it's striking to me. And, you know, if you're just listening to this podcast and you're not able to see it, I would encourage you to watch the video as well, because it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to see it and how brazen it is. It's almost like there's no effort to even cover anything up. No. And I'm working on another one right now and it's, it's the same deal. And, you know, people uh, will email me after these, these kinds of stories air and they'll say things like, you know, why are you always, you know, showing uh, the impoverished parts of town and, and what people are mm. doing there. You know, you never are in the East End or anything like that. Well, first of all, the reason I'm at all of these locations is because the neighbors around right. them in the impoverished areas are mm-hmm. tired of it and their kids can't even play in the street. Right. So, and I value them just as much as anybody. And secondly, uh, I have done uh, some of these same exact stories in the East End. Like, mm-hmm. you file a complaint on the Troubleshooter Hotline and uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to look into it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's disenfranchised neighborhoods that seem to be afflicted the most where, you know, you said the major had a jump in their car to try to patrol this neighborhood. And you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes we we seem like we're focusing on these types of neighborhoods, but it's the people that live there, all the good people, minus, you know, these people that you show here in your story buying drugs that don't want that in their neighborhood. Right. Um, So I have a question here. You're in the video. You're walking down this alley. That it's like a shotgun house, right? There are five feet between them. Don't you get scared? I mean, isn't that kind of dangerous? Uh, no. First of all, many people don't realize here in the last year, uh, a new uh, wave mandate is I have to have security with me when I do these mm-hmm. confrontations or interviews. So I have a couple of, of uh, Iraq War veteran guys who, who know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Uh, that helps. Um, and no, I'm not. Even when I'm, when I'm doing surveillance alone, I have to tell you the truth. I'm not as concerned or scared as I am just going out at night in Louisville, even, even on Shelbyville Road to the, mm. to the Walmart or Target down there because there's carjackings mm-hmm. all the time down there. I mean, there's, yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm actually more concerned about being a victim of a crime just in my daily life around here, the way things are going than I am when I'm doing these stories. But you said there was a lookout that was kind of eyeing yeah. you. Did they not realize, you know, do drug dealers not talk and say, hey, that John Bull? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard people say that, but no, no. They, you got to be good at surveillance. And so far mm-hmm. I've been either good or lucky. Um, I actually went to a seminar one time at the Investigative Reporters and Editors uh, Convention mm-hmm. uh, put on by ABC News back when they were doing a lot of this. And there's a lot more to surveillance than a lot of people think. Like, mm-hmm. uh, or you any can't, of these interviews. Yeah. Are, unscheduled interviews, right. right? Like the reason why I'm dressed in this shirt right now today is because what I was just shooting, it, this shirt is the exact color of the interior of our undercover vehicle. Mm. So mm-hmm. you can be kind of like a so chameleon. Kind of, he's wearing You're, a gray, gray shirt yeah. so, right now. So it's, you can be like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. You got to get down low in the car. You can't have in, in the extreme heat or in the extreme cold, you can't have the heater or the AC on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have the windows cracked so you can hear people coming up behind you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'll get made. You got to constantly check your mirrors to see if anybody's coming up on you. It's a, it's a way more difficult thing than you think. And from what I've seen, you know, some people may think that this kind of activity happens at night. 
But this is what All time day. is this? It's th this most Lunch of that. Time? Yes, most of that. No, most of that was happening. I come in at two thirty, mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of times I'll be shooting, you know, from two thirty to four before I have to get back and anchor the news. And it's happening then. When I check mm -hmm. in the mornings, it's happening. The neighbors told me that particular place, twenty sixth and Madison, round the clock. So we have Grandma who lives in this senior living facility, right? Walking, taking the bus, going to get her groceries, going to get her hair done. And this is what she has to walk through. Yeah, and and the danger here is, I mean, you can you can walk past this stuff a lot. Lot so many people in Louisville live with this stuff going on right next to them. I, I interviewed a guy one time I'll never forget who lived in Beecher Terrace back when Beecher Terrace was really mm -hmm. really bad, and uh, and he, he and the big question I had was why don't more people call police even anonymously, and they're so scared. They're so mm -hmm. scared of doing that. But the, the danger in all of this is, if you live near this stuff long enough, like the people in the senior high-rise learned, the bullets come crashing through your right. window, too, and you can get hit. Right. And there's so many of them. We have so many shootings, 641 last year alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, that'll wrap it up this time. What's our next podcast going to be? Well, the next podcast is going to be uh, taking a, it's a terrible story, um, tragic. It's about a girl, Tanisha Chappelle who um, died shortly after being transported to the hospital after suffering for 24 hours, begging for help inside of the jail. And we've gotten very and few answers except through your stories so far. Very few answers. And, um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that if they are not going to answer our questions, if they're not going to answer the family's questions or their attorney's questions, maybe they'll have to answer to the FBI. Okay, and we know you've got connections there. We'll see. All right, so uh, we'll record that actually very shortly. Thank you very much for joining us here for this uh, another edition of the Behind the Investigation for the Way of Troubleshooters. For Natalia Martinez, I'm John Bull. Have a great day.